the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. That's the number one rule of the game, if possible. Recently did a seminar, and I can't believe how many people come up to me at seminars and say, I've been listening to you for three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And it's really weird, because when you start putting 20 years into perspective, you start putting like life into perspective. I was 30 years old, I was 40 years old, I was 50 years old, I was 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old. It's a long time to have a relationship with someone. Um, I'm very honored by that. I'm very flattered, so thank you. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I like talking strategies on occasion. A, it's something that, you know, I want to pound in your head enough until you get it. And B, I want to pound in your head enough until you get it. Finances aren't that tough. It's not that many things that you have to become a master of. The problem is that there's a little fine art in everything that we do in finance. And that's where you can get yourself in trouble. Wealth creation is what I try to talk up a lot about. CFP Chad Burton talks a lot about wealth preservation and income and retirement. Wealth creation, you have a job, hopefully, and you're saving some of it away. Wealth preservation, you don't have a job. So no longer income coming in. It's just assets and equity going out. In theory, we can talk retirement, taxes, your money, your business. Let's listen to a little sports radio on the way in this morning because it's a good time of the year for sports. And sometimes, quite honestly, you can only hear so much of the headline news. You know, what is the president doing? It gets kind of repetitive after a while. If you're a political junkie, I get it. I'm not a political junkie, and that's, whoa, crosses into this world a little bit too often, if you know what I'm saying. But I heard, as, as I was driving in, I heard this guy say, hey, I could do your 401k, your investment company, your investments, your insurance. Your, I could, and I was like, oh, I know who he is, and I know what he sells. It's a crap product. But he's willing to like sacrifice his ethics to make himself richer. I'm not willing to do that. Plato's Republic. Long live Plato's Republic. And so creates Johnson. Um, so anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that we often talk about is what are you going to do in retirement? And I don't really have the best answer for you. That's up to you. And what should I do in the current market? I don't have the best answer for you. It's, it's what you need in your portfolio and how much risk appetite you can take. When a president is battling another country and we're willing to take out their most important stock or their most important company, they're probably willing to do the same to us. So I, that's tough to, It's tough for me to say, you should go put your hard-earned money in that. And I don't want to do that. One of the things I could teach you that I did very well, and I, I hope you do this down the road, is start reading, start reading more. The Wall Street Journal and Barron's are awesome. If you buy Wall Street Journal online, you get Barron's too. You know, Apple's got that subscription thing that I don't exactly quite know how that works with their new stuff. Um, I've got a nice size uh, iPad, I, but I also like reading the paper, you know? I know. You're so old school. You're ruining the planet. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 
I should probably not do that. So if you can stomach more risk, then you could reap greater benefits. I get that. And that's where small cap stocks come in. A big cap company is, say, worth 10, 20, 30 billion. And they're a little bit tougher to grow. Every now and then they could do it. So when you start hearing about companies like Microsoft and Apple and Amazon at a, th- a trillion dollars, just know that it's tough to grow from 10 billion to 20 billion. It's a lot easier to grow from 1 million to 5 million. So small cap companies have a lure to us. The thing I don't want you to do is think this is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way I have to do it because I'm behind. I have some small cap exposure. I used to be a small cap tech expert. And I'll tell you what, it, you have to put a lot of work into it. So now I'm coming more, I try to refine as I've gotten older and finer like wine. Some, some men age like wine and some men age like milk. I, I like to think mentally I've aged like wine nicely. Which for the record, you know the big winter, 2018, 2019, where California just got dumps and dumps and dumps and dumps of rain. And then in May, there's another dump of rain. That dump of rain in May. Oh, ho, ho, ho. wineries are going, no. Last year, we got all the smoke and the fires. This year, we're getting mold. That would not be good. Fortunately, it was a chilly enough time that they're able to pull away without a lot of mold. I know you're saying chilly in May is good. I know. It's weird. You got to kind of go with it. But I would, I would say Google small caps, small capitalization stocks, if you ever want to play with it. Or better yet, what I would want you to do is Google small cap ETFs or small cap technology, or start finding stuff and then reading the literature about it. So you know I started by saying you should read the Wall Street Journal Barron's. Barron's has an, uh, an analyst who come on probably every episode, every magazine. And here's my top three favorite small cap stocks. Don't read that. See that headline in that, that you go, oh, Oakmark has a good small cap fund manager. Now go get their, their brochure on it and go get their quarterly letter or their annual letter to the shareholders. And just start learning, and you'll learn that quickly. That it's something you can get way in over your head. But should you have small cap stocks? Yeah. Do you much a small cap stock? Let's say I start a mortgage company, and I'm, I'm considered small cap. And just call it XYZ. I'm I, I'm I only do business in California, and then my business grows, and I do business in another state, and then my business grows. I go, let's get wacky here and go to Canada. See if those Canucks. Good day, eh? would be like happy buying my product. There's a chance they would. There's a chance they wouldn't. Because suddenly I'm now taking more risk as a business and expanding. So small caps kind of stay in their little area. And by the time they add a Canada or Europe or China, they've become mid-cap or large cap. So small cap companies kind of eat domestically and grow domestically. I don't know. Does that help you a little bit? So I have some. I have them in ETFs, essentially. Sometimes in mutual funds, I really like that fund manager. But typically, I don't do small caps on my own anymore. You know the biggest mistakes I've ever made? Small caps, micro caps, and um, what you'd probably refer to as penny stocks. I once found a company that had a great... And see, that's another thing. They have great stories. A small cap is like, well, we're going to fill the gap into... And you're like, well, maybe they can get acquired by a big company. That could be an end game. I know a company that does... Uh, I'm not going to say artificial milk, but milk made out of... Things, a milk-like product made out of non-dairy product. And you know that younger people today, they're like, I like cows. You, wait, wait, you don't like cows? I don't like cows. 
Do you have a reason why you don't like cows or you just don't like cows? I don't drink milk. I'm lactate intolerant. I'm not making fun of people who are lactate intolerant. Maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. Um, but that's, that's 13, 14% of the dairy market of people who are saying, I don't want, I want non-dairy dairy. Does that sound like it can get us into problem? I want non-meat meat. Two very hot categories right now. If you were an investor, if you could sell to 13, 14% of the U.S. population a new category, non-meat meat, and that's why when, you know, the companies like Burger King come out with the Impossible Whopper, I tell you about it because there's going to be investment there. They don't want to forget 13, 14% of the non-dairy drinkers. You kind of assume they're also non-meat eaters. Kind of. You see where I'm going out with this? You can kind of figure out your trends and small cap issues. Things that have no sales, they're going to have big sales. But it also helps if you have a professional money manager who uh, has done the research on it for you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. There's a sports guy in radio named Mad Dog Russo, who I kind of like. He's kind of New Yorker crazy, and he hates Tom Brady. Here's Tom Brady. I hate him. He defended footballs. And like, he gets all wound up in it. I'm like, he's going to have a heart attack. That's how I get about stocks and investments. But I, I can't quite do that. You know, Howard Stern had his day where, you know, he did a lot of very, how shall we say, PG-13, almost R shows. And there was a lot of young boys who liked that stuff. So I, I get niche radio. I think it's super important. I got someone who came up to me last night at a seminar. And he said, what do you think about me buying into commercial property? I'm like, how much you worth? And the answer was like, not much. Typical Bay Area guy. He has a home. He's got 100, 200,000 saved for retirement. Has a good job, but not a great job, but not a bad job, but a good job. He's making ends meet. And he got approached by a real estate, how shall we refer to it, club, where you pay to get into the club and they mentor, quote unquote, mentor. Now, I don't know what club he got into. I'm not speaking bad of all clubs. I like some clubs. I like the Mickey Mouse Club, they're one of my favorites. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Yes, yes, yes. There's a chance I might have been a Mouseketeer in another lifetime. If you doubt me, put up $100,000 and I'll give you a photo. Because I'm going to embarrass myself. I need some retribution, some repatriation of embarrassment back into cash, Ola, cold cash money. So he got approached by an investment club and he kind of like, Wait, I can own commercial property in Dallas? I'm like, not Dallas! And like, I think J.R. Ewing and Noel and stuff like that, right? And I just, every time I saw that TV show come on, all I saw was land. And the value of my home that I'm in right now is, is it the house or is it land? It's the land. By about 75% to 25%, I would say. I, 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 those numbers will ebb and flow. But he gets approached by a real estate club. They're going to mentor him. And I'm like, I, I've run into a couple of these where they're not scams, but what they are is the person who runs it 
get sponsors like 1031 people and mortgage people and people who develop property in Dallas and people who property manage in Dallas. And she gets them to speak to you all about how great commercial property is and how other people's money, this is how they do it. And other people's riches, this is how they do it. And then I start talking like that, too. So this guy, he buys into this pitch. I'm like, you're not wealthy enough. Why are they coming to you? If they're wealthy, and this is how the rich do it, why don't they go to the rich and tell the rich how to do it and get money from them? Are you with me or are you against me? If they cared about, well, they care about your money, but if they cared about your financial future, commercial real estate's got risks to it. A lot of risks. And when you give your money to other people, suddenly they're making the decisions. Publicly traded REITs will buy you commercial property in Dallas. Publicly traded commercial REITs uh, will buy you movie theaters across the United States. They'll buy you hospitals because they lease it to those hospitals. They lease the land and the real estate. So you get the property that goes up in value or down in value, which if you believe these people, it always goes up. And you get professional management instead of these yahoos who don't know how to get real money. So they're coming to you. And sometimes they'll say, did you see, don't you want to be the next Donald Trump? Or don't you want to be the next cutting corners people on, on TLC, Taruk and Malufa, and how, and how they're doing these like home refis and flip or flop. Those are reality shows. I've worked with reality shows, and they're fake. Tariq has to go into, he just bought a flip in Long Beach, and oddly enough, there's a power line on top of it. This could ruin the flip. Coming up after the break, will Tariq lose all his money, or will he actually get the power line removed? It's already been in the planning for six months. You don't get a, a power line moved in under six months. And you keep buying this, this stuff. This guy had a 15-minute conversation with me. I, th- I think I might be having a heart attack. Call 911. No! Don't call 911. But that's the problem that I have. And it goes back to that real estate investment club where these are not quite professionals that I've run into who get a lot of people who make a lot of money from doing a transaction. You know how much it costs to do a 1031? Do you know how much it costs to title real estate? Do you know how much it costs to do mortgages in real estate? Do you do you do you do you do you do? Do you know that they make money or, or and you and, and they don't lose money whether you lose money or not? Oftentimes, a real estate developer will come to them and say, we, we messed up. We have a, a big plot of land. If I take you and your whole crew on a cruise, if I take you and your whole crew for dinner and, and buy you nice things, can you, can you find us some, some quote-unquote investors? So there used to be a day when mutual funds were for the wealthy people because the transaction costs were so expensive, and those have come down. And they have to publicly disclose with the Securities and Exchange Commission. They have to publicly disclose with the government. There, there's at least some oversight and overview, and every now and then there's a fraud like a WorldCom, and they're shut down. Companies like Bernie Madoff and companies where you're doing real estate development and commercial private rates, you don't have to disclose. There's no oversight committee. So have some ethics. These companies won't. They won't because they've made some small-time, small-time fish into mid-sized fish, but they made themselves small-time fish into big-time fish themselves, not by doing the property themselves, but by going to you and selling you the idea that they can do the property for you. If it sounds too good to be true, don't do it. It is like walking into a casino blind, playing blackjack, knowing a system of card counting. If you really believe you can pull off all those three things, I got a class for 399 that'll teach you it. And for an extra $4,000, I'll teach you how to do it in outer space. And like, ooh, I could do that? That sounds good. So just be cautious. 
I, I'm, I'm not, a fool is quickly parted with his money. And again, if, if, if they had these, these ideas, don't you think they're going to Prince? Oh, he's dead. Don't you think they're going to Michael Jack? Oh, he's dead. Don't you think they're going to celebrities and saying, this is how you're going to make Uber money? Do you know who made Uber money in Uber? Publicly traded company. Beyonce. Hey, ladies. She did a concert for Uber and she said, eh, instead of $6 million in cash, why don't you just give me $6 million in your future IPO? You know what that $6 million is now worth? $300 million. See how the rich get richer? They're not buying real estate deals from shady clubs. I'm not saying all clubs are bad. I like investment clubs. That the Investment clubs, 10 women will get together and they'll call themselves the beer towns lady or the, the wine drinking Wednesdays or the day drinkers. They'll, they'll come up with some sort of cute name and they'll all meet and they'll say, what do you want to buy this week? And 10 people will argue. And I like that because you can get the trades for free or no commissions or low commissions, like five bucks. You own it. It's in your name. It's not private. You're not giving your money to someone and hoping for the best. Hope is for church and hope is for the uh, football field. I hope the 49ers win a World Series. I hope the Sharks win a uh, Stanley Cup. And I hope there is a heaven. Hope is not for investing. Hope is not for getting rich. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, again, I'll be really quick when I say something nice or kind. I grew up listening to a lot of radio. I grew up overseas, and families would support military families by sending them cassette tapes. And I grew up, uh, Casey Kasem's Top 40 was just, it was something, it was like gold when it would come in the mail from the United States. Um, and then getting back to the United States, I started listening to hockey and the play-by-play announcers, and they are a rare breed tonight. Uh, or whenever you get to watch a Sharks game, turn down the TV and turn up the radio and sync them with your DVR kind of thing or whatever. Radio play-by-play is awesome. It kills television play-by-play. Radio is an industry that I think is a very smart form of communication because it's long form. TV is very short form, and they don't really want to jar you. So it's a little bit more vanilla. But when you hear a soccer play-by-play or a hockey play-by-play hit a game-winning Game 7 goal or a game-winning big goal, it's like, go! It's, it's fun. So I tried to bring a little bit of entertainment to radio, and I think I do okay. One stuff that um, I'm starting to do a little bit more work on is Beyond Meat. And I once was sitting at a restaurant not that long ago, and I had a, they, they have some amazing prime rib. And I had prime rib. By, it was like one of those nights where you're stuck by yourself at 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock, so I kind of went in a little bit early. And uh, to make a long story short, I was sitting next to a guy who was really old. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to become that guy. But he was really old and lost. Basically, he was eating a hamburger with no bun. And he goes, I can't eat that. Prime rib is too much for me. And I'm like, you can't eat prime rib. It's too much for you. So you start to lose your, your taste and your flavor and things along those lines. And you have high blood pressure and such. So when you see a company like Beyond Meat come out and do so well, you become very interested in it. And you start doing a little bit of, of research. Um, 
if you want to invest in like a Tyson chicken or a Tyson food, Tyson used to be known as Tyson chicken and then it kind of diversified into pork and beef and uh, chicken, kind of diversified into new products. Beyond Meat is heavily tied towards peas, I'm learning. What gives Beyond Meat burgers and the patties that, that, that protein is peas. So if you hated split peas or green peas as a kid, are you going to hate this? No, because then they start using you know beet juice to make it look like a, um, a meaty burger. So you start fooling yourself. And as you lose your flavor as you age, I could see a Beyond Meat being a play because they're going to get into fish. They're going to get into other fake meats. They have it all. They have a big strategy. I so miss George Bush. And I, I love that word. And I, I, I understand why he misused it. There's no such word as strategy, but it kind of makes sense to me. And that's all I'll say. The amount of corn used to make ethanol grew from 1.4 million bushels in 2004 to 3.7 million bushels in 2008, 160% expansion because we started adding ethanol into our gasoline. And a lot of people are like, you don't need to do that. That's just the corn farmers paying off the politicians. I'm not smart enough to talk about that. Remember, I'm not a political junkie. But what I could tell you is in that 10-year period, in that five-year period, you saw prices expand from $3 a bushel to seven sixty-five dollars a bushel. Now, if we start eating more peas, do you think the price of peas are going to go up? Probably. Do we have enough pea farmers in the United States? Hmm. Let's start thinking about that for a second. You know, I don't know. So I'm going to start doing research on that kind of stuff of what commodities do they use? What commodities can they take and replace with? Because that's going to be part of their business model. Um, and then you start getting into, wait, wait, wait. And you like you start freaking yourself out. It was a really, really wet winter. Is that going to do anything to the price of peas? You know the biggest cost of pork belly? The biggest cost of pork belly is... I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Think about porky pig for a second. It's refrigeration. So growing the pig's not that tough. Slaughtering the pig's not that tough. It's how do you refrigerate it long enough so that uh, it doesn't go bad? How do you get it from farm to table across the world? Have you ever had pork cracklings? El Sabruso. Fried out pork fat with attached skin. Pigs have two bellies, and you have to refrigerate them. So I'm not going to go out and buy a Tyson food unless I know, are they going to be affected by weather? Are they going to be affected by swine flu or bird flu for chickens? Or is there cow flu yet? Oh, yeah, there was. There was mad cow disease. So when you invest in food companies or companies that are using agricultural commodities, you got it, you're betting on weather sometimes. So if we have a drought, what do farmers do? They don't have enough crop to feed their cows, so they, they thin the herd. They kill them. And when they kill them, they say, we got to sell everything. We're even going to sell fried pork skin because someone will eat something off everything. Can you imagine? I'm a very picky eater when it comes to ah, no feet, no eyeballs, no brains. Uh, I think that was. Oh, I did do bull testicles once, but that was because I was hungry and it wasn't like on Survivor Challenge. It was literally because someone bought them for me for free, and I was living on a budget like 4 or $5 a day while traveling, backpacking Europe. So that's the worst that I've eaten. I've eaten octopus straight out of the Mediterranean Sea, and I wouldn't do that again because octopuses are, 
I like octopuses. Cows I don't like. I'll eat a cow. Dolphin, don't like. Flipper tuna. I think we could all join together and have some hate for Flipper. One of the headlines I saw while doing some research for today's show was male advisors, 60% of male managers say they're scared to have one-on-one meetings with women. The hashtag MeToo movement and what has happened in the last four or five years, bringing it to the forefront of society and consciousness. I'll tell you what, as a financial planner, I'm not a financial planner, but as a guy who works in the financial planning industry, um, I like having female financial planners sometimes available to work with females because there's a different set of, of there's a different set of you know expectations. There's a different set of needs. There's a different, you know, cultural issue that we, how we were raised. And then there's like, I think it's nice to have a cultural financial planner, maybe from a different continent, um, so that they can kind of get it and understand it. So what I'm trying to say is the financial planning industry, go to CFP.net, CFP.com will probably get you there too, but you're going to the certified financial planners board, learn how to become a CFP. I think there's a lot of room for females and people of color. Um, because if you turn on CNBC, you'll see not everyone, but a lot of people in the industry are neither female or have any color on their skin. Um, I'm just throwing that out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more pork cracklings. You ever eat stuff like that? Uh, Something tells me that's probably not the best thing in the world, right? 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, money, investing, and more. Um, one of the things I do is I put together, and CFP Chad Burton puts together a lot of good downloadables. And we have some at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And one of them, it's a 15-point checklist before you need to hire someone. You should download it. Go to newfocusfinancial.com, print it out. Take a look with your spouse. Take a look with your kid and, and try to talk through it. There's, there's some big words that you might not understand, like fiduciary, but to go look it up and learn a little bit more about money. I won't be here forever. I can promise you that. And I've had some pretty good fights on behalf of you, ethically speaking. Um, I want to leave when, the, when this is no more fun. So some of the biggest mistakes people make is not living within their means. I've been guilty of this. I've got a friend who lives well within his means. And I'm like, you should live a little bit. And he's like, nope, I'm living within my means. If you can't control your spending, you have to plan for your spending. So you have to have a budget. You have to have some goals. I don't think you should live on this planet. And if you live on this planet, you should at least see Hawaii once. You should at least see Mexico once. You should at least see Europe maybe once and get out fast. I've told you my European train story, uh, toilet. First time I ever went to Europe as an adult. I must have been pampered as a kid because I never saw this. I was at a train station. I had, I had to, you know, when you have to go, I had to go. And I didn't speak enough German. And I was talking to the guy at the train station. He didn't speak enough English. And this was pre-Google Translator and all that good stuff. And he basically pointed. He kind of figured out that I had to do number two. And uh, so I, there's a big hole in the ground. And there's a rope above the hole. Ah. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's like one of those escape rooms. You're like, I see a rope. I see a hole. It smells down in the bottom of the hole. 
I see some toilet paper. And yeah, you're supposed to grab the rope, hang, drop your pants, hang over the hole, and and somehow not fall in. It wasn't a big enough hole that you could fall in, but you want the stuff to fall into. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'll never go back to Germany again. I <laughs> know you're saying, but there's Oktoberfest and there's good things to do in Germany. Nah, nah, nah. There's, uh, Italy I'll do. You want to create a budget. You want to plan for these things. You want to have cash reserves. You know what I hate having? Cash reserves. You know what I have? Cash reserves. In case there's an emergency, I'm set. A new TV set is not an emergency. Could be during the Super Bowl if yours blows up, but that rarely, rarely happens. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. I'm updating my YouTube again. Go to Rob Black Show and, and subscribe. You can see what I look like. I go through many phases. Heavy, skinny, heavy, skinny, heavy, skinny. I'm puffy right now, but on the skinny side. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm going to put together some seminars on radio, maybe some webinars. Live within your means is the, the best advice I can give for Money 101 to start. Set goals. Have a budget. Don't take on too much debt. Younger people I've seen take on too much credit card debt can fail easy because they don't have a lot of practice with it. Younger people who take on mortgage debt and then suddenly they're getting roommates and they're kind of stressed or they lose their job, they can fail. It's to me it's about experience. Debt is something you should kind of kind of grow into. I have more debt today than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Maybe except for last month because I paid some of it down, right? Um that doesn't that isn't something I'm proud of. I'm not proud carrying debt, but again, I'm not also not freaked out about. I have cash reserves, I update my will, I update my paperwork. I haven't been so good about the the trust. I'll be honest with you. Um, And I tell you to do it. I don't always practice what I preach, but I I know that's the right thing to do, right? Um, Disability insurance is the most important insurance to me. Because from age 20 to 60, all I have is my ability to work. That's all you have. You're pretty. But everything's going to start sagging soon enough. So uh, one of my friend's father, he recently said to him, I can't sit down. My butt hurts. Because he's lost his, his... muscle has sagged in his tookish whoa so he can't sit there anymore so everything will sag uh, too much short-term focus do you know how many people come up to me at seminars and go this was a fantastic one and i can't really be political because it's just it would mess up that i'm crossing the line into to investing right that's enough put down the mic someone come up to me and said uh oh, what do you think about trump i said I think as with all presidents, there's some good that you could agree with. There's some bad that you can disagree with. I personally love that he uses Twitter because I think more transparency is good. I don't like his grammar. I don't like his thought process on Twitter. It's too brash for me. I like uh, moderation and moderation. I don't like too high, too many highs, too many lows. And she looked at me and she said, what do you like about him? I'm like, okay, I think. I think when you do, you know, trillions of dollars of business, when you, I think every now and then you should look at things and say, is this the right way of doing it? Just because we taught kindergarten in a schoolhouse in a barn 200 years ago doesn't mean we should be teaching kids the same way we taught kindergarten. So I think sometimes you do need to look back at things and like say maybe charter schools are a good idea. Maybe they're a bad idea. Maybe people in Europe are doing things better than we are. Maybe we're doing things better than they are. I don't mind change. When it happens, I feel pretty squirmy. Too much short-term focus. You know, when a celebrity says, if Bill Clinton gets elected president, I'm leaving the country. If, if George Bush gets elected, I'm leaving the country. Just go. 
No one, no one needs you here. Go act and make a couple million dollars in Canada. Can't happen because they got American dollar envy, if you know what I'm saying. So educate yourself. Try to remain calm. Try not to get uh, short-term focus. Take a look at 100 years charts, 50-year charts, 40-year charts, 30-year charts. If you're 50 years old right now and you want your money to last into your 80s, take a look at the next 10 years for growth and the next 20 years after that for value. Start educating yourself however you can. Um, a good system is always helpful. Good paperwork, always helpful, in my opinion. Not always going to happen, but it's always helpful. When I look at tech companies, investing in tech companies, a lot of people are like, which tech company do you like? Right now, I like Facebook. I think it's got a massive potential. Um, and they're probably one of the most hated companies in America. You know, one of my favorite companies in, in the 90s was Microsoft. And I, I dated a woman who hated Microsoft in the 90s. And her license plate said MSFTSUX. Microsoft sucks. Um, and she had another car that said um, something AOL. She hated AOL and she hated Microsoft. Oh, something. I can't remember that one. Um, You've got mail. Sometimes you can make money by investing in companies people hate. My dad died of cancer. I owned Philip Morris for a while. It makes no sense. It's like, you're, you like that? Did you pay them to murder your dad? No, but when you, when you can lose that bias, it helps. But when I, when I look at a Facebook, I, I don't just see Mark Zuckerberg and your, your ugly baby pictures and your vacation pictures that, you know, you know, Hey, I went to Hawaii, but I haven't had, you know, sexy time with my partner for 10 years. Like you leave out like all the dirt in your life. My wife has a spending problem and she bought a $500 moo moo. Like you paid my So I, I look at the PE. I look at trailing PE and forward PE. I look at the peg ratio, price to earnings growth, price to sales, price to book, price to cash. I look at cash flow of the company. I look at the different geographic regions. If we learn one thing this year, look at the financial statements and, and, and read the annual report and see how much business a company does in China. Maybe you're like, maybe that's a little too much of business in China. And then you look at a company like an, uh, uh, an Apple and they pay... They they have employees there, so you're like, eh, okay, I'm starting to see this, okay. And then you start learning risk, right? So I highly recommend you listen to a conference call if you're ever going to invest in a company. Then I expect you to have some heroes in the industry. 25 years ago, my heroes were a guy named Dave Harrow. He was a portfolio manager at Oakmark International Fund. I did not know the nuances of investing in France. He did. I didn't do international investing. He did it for me. He did my. I studied. Olstein. Great tech fund, Olstein Funds. Richie Freeman at Solomon Smith Barney 25 years ago. Ron Mullenkamp, um, he's a quant guy. Love Mullenkamp. Neil Hennessy, um, he lives in Marin. He's Irish. He looks like Dr. Phil. He's been on my TV show in the past. Love him. I had a list of heroes that I studied from. People who had history of making money in the stock market. Ten-year histories of making money. You should have a, a guru and hit list of people you love. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show, and YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.